We are in week eight of the 50 States, 50 Weeks, and 50 Coffee Shop series. Today, I'm talking with Olivia Brinton from Little Goat Coffee Roasting Company in Delaware. She offers a unique background because she came from bartending and barista in. So let's just dive in today, grab your coffee or tea, and let's get started. My name is Olivia Brinton, and I am a co-owner of Little Goat Coffee Roasting Company in Newark, Delaware. I opened Little Goat in September of 2017, and for the first two years worked behind the bar here until I got a very strong crew and more responsibilities on my plate, um, which have led me to sort of step away from the bar and focus more on growing the wholesale coffee roasting side of our business here. Cool. What's it like in Delaware? Delaware is a small wonder, as they say. It's a very small <laughs> state. You can drive um, through the whole state in about two hours. And I'd say that in some ways, the trends here in Delaware are a bit behind what you see coffee trends in places like San Francisco, New York City, larger spots. But I think that there's something really unique about how small Delaware is. People who are from here just love Delaware and love to support Delaware-based businesses. There's a lot of excitement around small, independently owned businesses in Delaware just because of the size of the state. I think a lot of people like to identify with a Delaware-based business as part of their hometown or something like that. Oh, I see. Yeah, that makes sense. If you're in a smaller area, you kind of want to support the people around you. Yeah. And Little Goat is um, literally across the street from a Starbucks. And so when I first opened it, a lot of people were like, oh, wow, you're opening like another coffee shop across the street from Starbucks. Aren't you worried about the competition? But it's actually been really good for our business here because not only is it a really wonderful alternative to the corporate chain coffee shop, but a lot of the times when people are going out to Starbucks and they see this quirky, cute little coffee shop right across the street, they're like, actually, I think I'm going to try that instead. Like, you know what you're going to get every time you go to a Starbucks. It's been really good for business, actually, for us to be literally across the street from one. That's sort of ironic in a way. Yes, it is. And it's also, um, it's it's just kind of exciting for someone who does not enjoy products from Starbucks to say like, I'm right across the street from you serving a much better product and, and kind of converting people to what it means to drink locally roasted, freshly roasted uh, coffee drinks that are prepared thoughtfully. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of which, how did you get started in coffee? What really drew you to that? I, I've always loved coffee and, and been intrigued by drink making in general, but specifically coffee drinks. So um, my first job was in a coffee shop and I actually convinced the person to hire me under the table 
I was 15 and where I was, you couldn't legally work until you were 16. So I convinced this guy to hire me under the table six weeks before I turned 16, uh, just because I wanted to work in a coffee shop so badly. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I'd like to say the rest is history, but I, um, I learned a lot in that setting and then ended up getting into bartending as well. So kind of balancing drink making in both realms, um, for quite a few years. And then I took to coffee roasting when I was in college. I was working at a shop that was also a roastery and had the opportunity to learn a lot from them and kind of get more familiar with the process of coffee from start to finish and why all of these different origins that we work with have so many different wonderful qualities and where you can kind of best fit those into the final product of a beverage. So roasting is something that I unfortunately don't get to do as much now uh, in my role here at Little Good. I have a couple of head roasters that are trained to do that, but it's something that as a barista, getting to know the process of coffee roasting really just took my, my skills and my attention to detail behind the bar to the next level because you would put all of this time and thought and focus into picking out the right green bean and roasting it five different ways, cupping that, figuring out which way you thought tasted best, developing these tasting notes, really kind of fine tuning your palate. And then you take it to the bar and that's where it could all go wrong if you didn't <laughs> have the right, you know, the right care to detail. So I got uh, lucky enough to have that as a background before opening Little Goat and knew that all of my baristas here would have a much more kind of transparent relationship with coffee than a lot of baristas get the chance to. Yeah, that's a whole different picture when you're going from start to finish and making sure that the final product that someone's getting is exquisite. You know, it's just the added layer of love behind the scenes. And there's just, there's so much kind of social responsibility that comes with serving the public. And part of that responsibility is kind of translating the story of like why this latte is a dollar or two more than a chain coffee shop and being able to talk about where coffee comes from, the type of people who grow coffee, how it's harvested, the volatile market in which we trade coffee and being able to kind of walk the customer through all of those steps to saying like, and this latte is worth a dollar more because of that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And please choose local. (laughs) Always. (laughs) You know, I'm all for if we can support a smaller business or a medium sized business to make sure they're thriving. Cause oftentimes the grassroots efforts of what they're doing, like your shop is doing something a little bit more intentional and you're able to actually do that. Whereas a larger chain may not be able to in the same way. And just like kind of bookending that with a small local business, the opportunity to actually cause that ripple effect in your community is so much greater because we are employing people who live right here and then their salary their money is staying in this town so not only are we kind of contributing to the overall vibrancy and well-being of our town but it's like every drink that I sell here that money stays in this town because I live here and 
And it's, <laughs> it kind of creates this much more, I mean, you, you mentioned sustainability is a theme that you like to visit throughout your podcast. Like it, it creates more economic sustainability, which at the end of the day, consuming coffee is inherently not very sustainable. I mean, we can't grow coffee in the continental United States. So as a business owner, I kind of think of it as my responsibility to implement as many sustainable practices it within the business to sort of um, counteract the fact that coffee comes from halfway across the world on giant shipping containers and in, is inherently not sustainable. So mm-hmm. whether that means social sustainability with the quality of life that I try to provide for my employees here or economic sustainability in the livable wage that they get paid. And like I said, reinvesting back into my community. I think of those as all opportunities to kind of look at the picture, you know, from this macro point of view, instead of focusing on just like, where did, where did this one coffee come from? And is it a sustainable farm in Mexico or Peru? Like that is, that's the type of farms I love to buy from and work with, but how can we also translate the theme of sustainability to the everyday sort of ins and outs of a coffee shop as well? Yeah. And how do you make that familiar in language? And just to anyone who's walking through your door, it's, I think sometimes a little bit distant for us in the States of, oh yeah, that happens over there. You know, it happens abroad where they grow the beans. It's really hard to take a tangible grasp of what we're talking about. But when you're talking about local sustainability in your community, I think that's super easy to grasp and people can see that, you know, it's right in front of them. And so it's nice to be able to have both. It's a both and, you know, a both and situation. So that's really great. Did you have other reasons behind opening your shop besides wanting to pursue coffee a little bit deeper? Um, yes, I, I, like I said, I've always just been so taken by coffee. And um, originally, I felt like the options around this area were really lacking for, for especially well roasted coffee. Um, And it was kind of like a light bulb moment of I'm driving an hour to a roastery to buy beans. (laughs) And I could just be linked up with someone here roasting coffee. So it was really a, a, a selfish motivation in a lot of ways to just have better coffee more available to me as someone who was at the time working in a restaurant and um, not necessarily in touch with my coffee side at at that (laughs) moment. Um, And I I took a step back and I was literally driving an hour to a roastery in Philadelphia and loading up on beans once a month. And I was like, I should just start (laughs) roasting again. Yeah. (laughs) What's stopping me? Um, so that was a lot of the original motivation. And uh, I was thinking I would be opening a micro roastery with just a tasting bar where people could come in and try, you know, two or three different coffees, almost like a brewery, and then pick out a few bags and leave. And then the building that I found for Little Goat was just, it was just perfect for a coffee shop. And it was almost of consequence that I had this space that I originally wanted to be a roastery, but I could fit a roaster and wholesale production room in the same building as this 
very quaint little coffee shop that we run. So um, Little Goat ended up being a really popular coffee shop right on the edge of the University of Delaware's campus. And when I break it down numbers wise, our lattes still are the top seller here. So I, I'm glad that I was kind of pushed into opening a shop more than just a little private roastery but it, it's just sort of funny how it presented itself to me. <laughs> I, I didn't barely dream up a coffee shop. It more so Little Goat told me what it was going to be. Since you opened in 2017, have you seen other shops open up in the area or are you kind of it when it comes to local? Um, I have. There's a I guess a small chain in Delaware of coffee shops that have locations sort of throughout the northern part of the state. And they had a shop already in Newark, the town that we're in, um, when I opened. And then, like I mentioned, there's a couple corporate coffee shops on the main street in this town. Otherwise, there's only been one or two other coffee shops to open up since Little Goat has. And one is very you know, French inspired European themed, which is different than what we offer. And another one is much more focused on food, so, which is different than what we offer. So it, it feels all very complimentary. It doesn't, it doesn't feel competitive because what we do here is very unique. And we have a customer base that comes here for specifically little goat things. But then this same customer base might go to one of these other uh, smaller locally owned coffee shops for another experience like crepes or sandwiches. (laughs) And, you know, so it's, I'm, I'm glad that other shops have opened up around here because like I said, it kind of feels like they fulfill the gaps that I have no interest in filling for for (laughs) customers in this town. (laughs) (laughs) Have you over time just seen the state of Delaware with coffee culture? Has that changed at all? It has. Yeah, there's definitely been a couple very small roasters that have popped up over the past few years. And people are seemingly more interested in quality coffee over the past couple of years. I think that like the first year Little Goat was open, I got a couple negative reviews about our prices being higher and our drinks not being sweet enough. But now I never get that stuff because there's, I think that a lot of people are sort of moving towards understanding that coffee has so many cool, interesting, different qualities that when you start to pay attention to it, it's just like the tip of the iceberg. You can get so into coffee and where it comes from and the processes and how those all contribute to the way it tastes. So I think that we're, I think that we're getting there here in Delaware. I know in the beginning, I said that Delaware is a little bit behind the times and trends. There seems to be a little bit of momentum, especially in the world of coffee here of really taking the time to appreciate it. Yeah. And that is, I think maybe overall a shift in culture that's happening, but it's always interesting to see when it shifts in each state. And, and if it's the smaller coffee shop or local roasteries have made it into the different states. I think that's really interesting. It is. Yeah. Actually, right before I pressed 
called for this podcast, I got an email from a customer who said, I stopped by your place this morning and I picked up a bag of your single origin Honduras. Um, I was intrigued by the tasting notes. I think he said, I was intrigued by the mold apple cider tasting note, which is a note in that coffee. And he said, I thought to myself, yeah, right. But now I just made a cup and I have to say that this coffee is delicious and the spiced apple cider flavor really comes through. <laughs> uh, so it's, just, it's moments like that that really just make it all worth it because there's going to be days where people add so much different stuff to their cup of coffee that it just hurts you. And then there's days where people have that light bulb moment of like, wow, this is something that is special. And that is what we kind of live and work for. Yeah, totally. Do you have a favorite drink that you offer there? I do. I mean, I am at the end of the day, just like a hot black coffee girl, but (laughs) my favorite drink, and I joke with my baristas that it's really the the pinnacle of my career is a specialty drink we have on the menu called the Little Coco Loco. And it's two shots of espresso shaken with sweetened condensed coconut milk and then strained like a martini. And then we sprinkle a little bit of cinnamon and cardamom mix over top. So it's small, it's a four ounce drink, um, but it is just such a well-balanced kind of, it's a treat. And when you drink it, you definitely feel like something special. It's not your typical coffee drink at all. Yeah, that's bringing out your bartending skills there. (laughs) Yes, yeah. And things like that where we've taken other methods or flavors that you don't typically see behind the bar are really exciting. We've had interesting, but we we change our specialty lattes every season and we make all of our syrups from scratch here in-house. So in the past, I've had a smoked salted maple latte Last summer, we did a Fruit Loop latte, but we made our syrup out of all natural flavors like bergamot and strawberry and almond essence. So we we like to work with a lot of organic ingredients and come up with flavors that feel very nostalgic for people, but aren't just like levels of corn syrup layered together. It's a nuanced flavors that we kind of look for that complement the coffee that we roast here. Yeah, and you probably pull in when you're talking about origin or the way you roast it into the different flavor profiles of how you add, um, let's say cinnamon or cardamom to highlight that instead of having the cinnamon or cardamom being the showstopper, it's the coffee flavor that's kind of getting pulled out. Is that right? Yes. Yes. I like it. Oh, it sounds so delicious. I want to try that now. (laughs) Well, I just have basically one more question for you, which is, do you have any shops, if someone's passing through Delaware, that they need to absolutely stop instead of going to a chain, that they will get really good coffee? Yes, I do. I highly recommend Sleeping Bird Coffee, which is far enough away from us that I actually don't get to go there as often as I would like to support another local coffee shop but I really like what they do and they also make all of their syrups and flavors in-house. So if you want that sort of special approach to specialty coffee drinks, they do a great job. And then there's Brandywine Coffee Roasters, which roasts really beautiful coffee out of one of their locations called Brouhaha. They have a lot of locations and they're the roaster that kind of supports Brouhaha and Brouhaha has been sort of the established coffee shop of Delaware for the past 30 some years. So they um, 
really are just a well-oiled machine. <laughs> <laughs> and then here in Newark, of course, I say, please stop by Little Goat. Um, what we do is just so unique when it comes to our beverages and our curated fresh roasted bean selection. We also just have a really cute, funky little building that I think is so charming. <laughs> um, and also right here in Newark is a place called the Little French Cafe. And it's just such a sweet little spot. They do really beautiful espresso drinks, but they also have pain au chocolat and crepes. And it just feels kind of otherworldly when you go there. So that would be my recommendation for shops in Delaware. Delicious. Wow. That sounds so good. This podcast isn't helping my travel bug. (laughs) (laughs) Well, please come say hi when you pass through Delaware. Yes. Oh, I would love that. Awesome. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for taking time and for talking about coffee and your journey. It's really sweet to hear your story. I'm always inspired to hear how coffee shops get started and everyone's story is just so different. So it's fun. Well, thank you for um, asking me to talk because I had a lot of fun. 